Hi, I'm Snigdha Sharma and you're listening to Three Things, the Indian Express news show. In this episode, we talk about all that has been left unsaid about the latest arrests in the Narada Singh case. We also discuss the exclusion of KK Shailaja from Kerala's new cabinet along with the latest COVID-related updates. Beginning with the Narada Singh case. The CBI on Monday arrested four TMC leaders including two ministers in the newly formed West Bengal government in connection with the Narada Singh operation case. The arrested leaders included Transport and Housing Minister Firhad Hakim, Panchayat Minister Shubhrato Mukherjee, MLA and former minister Madan Mitra and former Kolkata Mayor Shovan Chatterjee. The arrests were made after Governor Jagdeep Dhankar granted sanction for prosecution this month. The arrested TMC leaders were brought to the CBI office in Nizam Place in Kolkata and not long after the chief minister Mamata Banerjee arrived and sat in a dharna for over 6 hours demanding the unconditional release of those arrested. In this segment we spoke to Indian Express's Deepthiman Tiwari about the questions being raised regarding these selective arrests and their timing. So Deepthiman uh, to begin with can you take us back to 2014 and tell us about Narada Singh operation In 2014 just ahead of the Lok Sabha polls a sting operation was conducted by journalist Samuel Matthew on several TMC leaders and some officers associated with the West Bengal government then in the sting operation the journalist posed as a representative of a fictitious company which wanted to bag infrastructure projects in the state and uh, basically some top leaders with me from mukul roy to pawan chatterjee to madan mitra prasoon banerjee all of these were shown in the sting operation videos as accepting cash to the tune of between rupees 4 lakh to rupees 5 lakh to show favor to this fictitious company in bagging state government projects this was basically a sting operation however uh, interestingly the sting operation which was supposed to appear in a magazine did not appear at that time and it finally appeared 2 years later just ahead of west bengal state assembly polls and that to not in a magazine but a portal called nardanews.com which was headed by samuel matthew himself he was the ceo so that's basically the whole sting operation which created a massive political furore just ahead of state assembly elections in 2016 opposition built tremendous pressure on tmc the court took cognizance of the matter and ordered a cbi inquiry into the whole affair however tmc went on to win the polls with significant margins over its rivals but the case continued and continues to haunt tmc till date Right. So, Deepthiman, can you tell us how the CBI pursued the investigation once the case came to them, and uh, who were the accused? The CBI basically got into the case following Calcutta High Court order, which was further challenged by the TMC government in Supreme Court in 2017. But Supreme Court deemed it fit for CBI to continue its inquiry and register an FIR if it found enough material to proceed with. Finally, the Central Bureau of Investigation registered an FIR on April 6, 2017, against uh, 12 people. Eleven of these were top leaders of the Trinamool Congress, and one was an IPS officer named S M H Mirza. 
who happened to be then SP of Bardhaman. These top TMC leaders included Mukul Roy, Osuvendu Adhikari, who is currently the leader of opposition in West Bengal Assembly. Both are now part of the BJP. Then there was Prasoon Banerjee, Sovan Chatterjee, Madan Mitra, Sogata Roy, Kakoli Ghosh, Dastidar, several top leaders who are still either members of parliament or elected members of the legislative in West Bengal were accused in the case. And CBI has, over a period of time, questioned multiple people, including Samuel Matthew in this case. And several TMC leaders over the years have been questioned in the case. However, the first charge sheet in the case has been filed only now after the CBI got prosecution sanction against four TMC leaders identified as Firahad Hakim, Subrata Mukherjee. Both are ministers in the current West Bengal government, MLA Madan Mitra and Sovan Chatterjee. Apart from this, IPS officer SMH Mirza has also been now charge sheeted by the CBI. Um, it was in this context that uh, CBI arrested uh, the four TMC leaders yesterday and produced them in court. They are they've currently been sent to jail by the Calcutta High Court. So, Deepthiman, following these arrests, there still seem to be a lot of unanswered questions, uh, especially regarding the accused who have not been arrested and are now a part of the BJP. Can you tell us more about this? Let us first understand the circumstances and the timing of the CBI action on Monday when it arrested four top TMC leaders. The CBI began its investigation way back in April 2017. However, it was only in January this year that it found it fit to seek sanction for prosecution against these four leaders. Now, a sanction for prosecution under the Prevention of Corruption Act is a condition for the agency to seek permission of the competent authority, which in one case could be governor or in another case could be the central government, depending upon under whom a particular public servant is serving. Because under the act, a court is not supposed to take cognizance of charges against public servants unless a go-ahead has been given by the competent authority. So in this case, the CBI sent a request for prosecution sanction to Governor Jagdeep Dhankar in January, two months ahead of the state assembly elections. And after assembly elections were over and BJP suffered a humiliating defeat on May 2 at the hands of the TMC after running a very, very aggressive campaign in the middle of a pandemic in uh, West Bengal. Within five days of the results being declared, Governor Jagdeep Dhankar gave a go-ahead to the prosecution sanction against his four leaders. So yes, observers will look at the timing and circumstances of CBI action with a certain amount of suspicion. Having said that, Let's also look at who are the accused in the case. Accused number one in the CBI FIR in the Narda case is Mukul Roy, who is now a member of the BJP. And CBI has not even found it fit to seek a sanction for prosecution against him. Now, if it does not even seek sanction for prosecution, there is no need for any other authority to withhold it or to say that this person cannot be prosecuted because there is not enough material. Nobody needs to judge it. Similarly, it has sought a sanction for prosecution against Suvendu Adhikari in April 2019, along with 
टीएमसी लीडर सौगता रॉय काकुली घोष दस्तार एंड प्रसून बैनर्जी नाउ दिस प्रोसिक्यूशन सैंक्शन रिक्वेस्ट हैज रिमेन पेंडिंग विथ लोकसभा सेक्रेटेरिएट एवर सिंस दैन एंड लेट्स रिमेंबर दैट इन दिसंबर ट्वेंटी सुवेंदु अधिकारी ज्वाइन द बीजेपी and has since gone on to become the leader of opposition in the west bengal assembly after defeating mamta banerjee from nandigram he is today the top leader of the bjp in west bengal and the sanction for prosecution against him continues to remain pending with the lok sabha secretary now the central vigilance commission guidelines and the supreme court guidelines vis-a-vis sanctions for prosecutions against public servants say that no authority no competent authority should delay a reply on the sanction for prosecution for more than 4 months now in this 3 months are kept for their own procedures and 1 month is kept for taking say legal opinion of attorney general or any other legal issues but supreme court guidelines are clear that not more than 4 months should be taken the request for sanction for for prosecution against subendu adhikari has been lying with lok sabha secretary for more than 2 years so that's basically what is being questioned across the board as to why mukul roy and suvendu adhikari should not be proceeded against while cbi should be so quick to pounce on tmc leaders just after assembly elections are over and next coming to kk shelja's exclusion from kerala's newly formed cabinet When the CPIM on Tuesday finalized the party nominees for the second cabinet led by Pinarayi Vijayan, the biggest surprise was the exclusion of senior leader KK Shailaja, the health minister in the outgoing LDF government. Shailaja was elected from the Mattanur assembly seat with a historic margin of 60,000 odd votes. This was more than even the chief minister Pinarayi Vijayan. To talk about this, we were joined by Vishnu Verma, Indian Express's correspondent from Kerala. So Vishnu we know that one of the reasons for the LDF's landslide victory in Kerala was the state government's response to COVID-19 and behind it was KK Shelja. Now can you shed some light on her role during the pandemic? Shelja teacher's role in the health ministry of Kerala began much before COVID. Before coronavirus we had the Nipah infection in 2018 which first struck in Kolkod. Now as we know nipah is a virus which has a high fatality rate she was a minister who showed sensitivity she was transparent about the department's functioning she was available to media she was available to the people on what she was doing and what her department was doing so in many ways the nipah virus and the response of the state government to that virus outbreak was the first example of how shailaji teacher was shining at that point of time she really personified human face of the government in many ways people looked up to her in a lot of respect because she was able to coordinate activities of the health department she was able to connect with grassroots level workers of the health department and then of course in 2020 when the coronavirus pandemic began the early preparedness of the health department under shailaji teacher the way we were able to mobilize and activate grassroots level networks to have surveillance of the disease the way she was basically overseeing the upgradation of the health infrastructure itself which was not just sign of her leadership but also of the government itself because the state government 
had invested a lot of money into upgrading hospitals and primary health centers and turning them into facilities with much better advanced clinical and diagnostic facilities you know so even in the middle of the first wave of the pandemic when the rest of the country was reporting a lot of casualties kerala was able to sort of be not affect not cause too many deaths because of the way the pandemic was handled by the government and especially challenger teachers a lot of doctors told me about how anyone could call her at any point of time even in the middle of the night a doctor in a medical college hospital or a private hospital would call her and say that there is an emergency and something needs to be done so she was always a very hands on minister she was always very sensitive to the needs of the people right so then what were the reasons behind her exclusion from the new cabinet the exclusion of challenge teacher can be seen as a shock and a surprise for many outside the party but those who know the cpm and those who have reported on the cpm extensively in the past few decades in kerala would tell you that it is a very routine decision in many ways the shock and surprise obviously is that when kerala and the rest of india is in the middle of a raging pandemic and the state is also in a very critical state with a lot of infections being reported every day we needed continuity in the health department at least we needed continuity in the health ministry someone who has overseen the department very closely and someone who has been lauded not just nationally but internationally for her work as health minister we needed a person like that to continue to head that department that was the wide expectations of the people and uh, her victory from matanur in the assembly elections also was indicative of that popular fact she was the candidate with the highest victory margin her margin eclipsed even that of the chief minister so in many ways she was seen as someone who had a towering personality and her popularity even eclipsed in many ways that of the chief minister of the party itself but that was the pitfall i think that she had fallen into and that uh, there's a common notion within the cpm that the party is supreme and the individual is secondary this was the same logic that was applied in 1987 when kr gauriyamma who was a veteran leader of the party when there were talk of her becoming the chief minister and when obviously she was expelled from the party later that no individual can rise above the party and that the party is supreme whatever the party decides that should be followed in the case of shailaji teacher what the party seems to say is that when no minister in the outgoing cabinet is being continued or no minister in the outgoing cabinet is being given a second term an exception cannot be given to any other minister so even ministers like ac moidin who was in charge of the local self government portfolio or mm mani who was the power minister or kt jalil these are ministers who have come back to i mean they've won from their respective constituencies and they could have been made ministers again but the cpm made a deliberate choice that we need to bring in newcomers so if you are going to remove ministers and keep make exceptions for a few like shailaji teacher it would perhaps send a wrong message within the party next vishnu can you tell us what has been the response like to kk shailaja's exclusion from within and outside the ldf obviously outside the party the decision has sent shock waves among people because this is a decision that even people from the congress and the bjp would not have expected even people who rising above political lines may have wanted shailaja teacher to continue as the health minister 
we've been hearing reports that the cpm central leadership is also quite not very happy with the exclusion of chalaja teacher because one she is very popular she is popular among the people and one of the reasons that the ldf was voted to power was also on account of her performance as the health minister widely if you look at people's expectations or the public expectations they would have all wanted chalaja teacher as an ex health minister obviously they are in a lot of shock and they cannot seem to imply why the party would do this very popular minister who knows her work who knows her department very well and who can steer the state through a very difficult and tragic time like this why would a person like that be replaced so people are in a lot of shock and even like i said even within the central leadership of the party um, someone like prindakarat or sita rameshwari they are being asked questions on why the party could allow a decision like this so obviously there are murmurs within the party as well but i don't think the state committee's decision of the party is going to be reversed once the state committee takes a decision it's not likely to be reversed and so shailaji teacher has now been given the position of party whip in the state assembly and she is likely to continue on that role only and uh, we will see a new health minister in kerala also vishnu uh, what kind of a message is chief minister pinarayi vijayan sending through this move so many who've looked at the cpm very closely in kerala there's always been the impression that the party and the government are now headed by the same person pinrai vijayan is not the state secretary of the cpm but he assumes a role which cannot be overshadowed by anyone within the party and there is no one to challenge his decisions and his leadership within the party in many ways after there was one person who would always challenge that leadership and that was vs achyudanandan but now he's in his late 90s and he's mostly out of active political life and so there is no leader within the cpm today who can command the kind of leadership that pinarayi vijayan has so in many ways there is nobody to challenge him in that sense and so many fear that the centralization of power within an individual which is what we are seeing today the pinarayi vijayan takes all the decisions the party merely agrees to it and so if pinarayi vijayan decides that Chalaja teacher will not be in the next cabinet. The party can not do anything about it. That's the sort of impression that people who have also been critical of the left are also now thinking going on in their minds. And to be fair, Chalaja teacher was not a threat to Pinrai Vijayan in any way. She would always respect, accord respect to Pinrai Vijayan. She would always say that the leadership of Pinrai Vijayan was instrumental in the victory of the LDF. So, in what way was she a challenge or a threat to the chief minister? We can't really understand. but that's the dynamics within the party and obviously in the years to follow also pinrai vijayan is going to have even more influence within the party to make the decisions he wants you know and vishnu finally before we finish off can you tell us about the new cabinet in kerala i think this government has done well to appreciate and accord leadership roles to people who can perform really well in those roles for example now you have three ministers in the cabinet which is the highest ever number of uh, women in a uh, kerala cabinet in the last cabinet you had two women now we have three women veena george who's a ldf independent elected from aramula and then you have j chinjurani who's a cpi minister cpi mla and then you have bindu who's a cpm mla from minyalgar these are the three women who are going to be in the new cabinet apart from them you have senior leaders of the cpm like uh, govindan master he's considered intellectual face of the cpm in many ways other people in that cabinet is p raji who's widely considered to be the next industries minister p raji was a former 
Rajasabha MP from Kerala. He is the current editor-in-chief of Deshabhimani, which is the party mouthpiece. And P. Rajiv comes from Ernakulam district, which was underrepresented, which was not represented in the last cabinet. So there is a new change in that way. Another very promising face in the cabinet is T.N. Balagubal, who has been elected from Kollam district. Balagubal is also a former Rajya Sabha MP of the party. He was very, very active in the Rajya Sabha. He could be given the new finance ministry or the education ministry. Either of these portfolios could be given to him. And then obviously there are other people also who have been accommodated within the CPM. PM Muhammad Riyas, who is a national president of the DYFI, he's a very young face. He's elected from Koriko district. He's also the son-in-law of the chief minister, which makes for a lot of talking. Now you have a government where the chief minister is the father-in-law and his son-in-law is a minister in that cabinet, which has not happened anywhere in India before, I think. So that has also happened. So there are a mix of experienced and uh, young, promising, fresh faces in the cabinet. And now coming to the latest COVID updates. Bharat Biotech's Covaxin has been approved by the Drugs Controller General of India for Phase 2 and Phase 3 of clinical trials in the age group of 2 to 18 years. Dr. V.K. Paul of the Niti Aayog has said that the trials will begin in the next 10 to 12 days. Meanwhile, in a recently released media statement, Serum Institute of India has stated that it has never exported vaccines at the cost of the people of India and it remains committed to supporting the vaccination drive in the country. The SII in its statement said, and I quote, a vaccination drive for such a large population cannot be completed within two to three months as several factors and challenges are involved. It would take two to three years for the entire world's population to get fully vaccinated, unquote. Meanwhile, Amadmi Party's MLA Atishi has said that Delhi's Covishield stock for the 18 to 44 age group will last only for three days. She said that the government might have to stop vaccination for the age group from next week. She also added that the centre has sent over 60,000 doses of Covaxin for the 45-plus age group. You were listening to Three Things by the Indian Express. Today's show was written and produced by me, Snigda Sharma, and was edited and mixed by Suresh Pawar. You can follow us and leave us feedback on Facebook or Twitter at Express Podcasts or send us an email at podcasts at indianexpress.com. And if you like this show, please do subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts from so more people can find us. You can also look for us in the audio section in the top right corner of our website, indianexpress.com. 